Mr. Robot Season 3 is over, but we're just getting started rolling out our coverage of the finale here on Post Show Recaps. Hello, everybody. I'm Josh Wiggler here with you as always on the Mr. Robot Podcast here on Post Show Recaps and The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, and we're doing things a little differently today than we normally do, as I am currently piloting this podcast solo, all by myself. It's just me. Uh, first, let me assure you, I have not taken an axe to Antonio Mazzaro, my fantastic co-host, who is with us every week to break down each episode of the series. But unfortunately, Antonio is a little under the weather right now and not able to join me right away to dig into the finale. So send him some love. He could use all the all the healing vibes that he can get. He's on Twitter, at AC Mazzaro. And Antonio and I, we will get back together in just a couple of days to talk about the finale as we normally do. We're going to get into it over the weekend. We'll bring you our normal deep dive into everything that happened in the finale, which was a doozy. Really excited to, to get his takes on everything. Um, so we're recording that as this is recording right now. This is Thursday afternoon. Antonio and I are planning on recording our recap on Saturday of this week. So that gives you guys some time to send us your feedback, send us your takes of what happened in the finale. There's two ways, uh, two great ways to send us your feedback, postshowrecaps.com slash feedback or Mr. Robot at postshowrecaps.com. Send us your theories, send us your comments, send us whatever you want. Chocolates are good as well. We'll make sure to dig into all of that as we get together and unpack the season three finale of Mr. Robot in just a couple of days. But first... We don't want to leave you without some immediate finale coverage. How could we possibly do that after such an epic episode? So today we're going to do something a little different, and we're going to bring in one of the stars of the show for a quick conversation. So what you're about to hear is an interview with somebody who is at the heart of one of the tensest scenes in the finale, uh, whose identity I'm about to reveal, by the way. So walk away now and shut this thing off on the off chance you have accidentally wound up in this recap by mistake. I will give you like two more seconds in... Yeah, that was it. That's the two seconds. So two seconds to get out of here and make sure that you're unplugged. I'm talking to Omar Metwali, who is the man who plays Santiago or played Santiago since, as we know, Santiago is no more. Uh, guess who just won the death draft, by the way? That would be me. Uh, so I had a really great time talking to Omar Metwali a little bit uh, earlier this morning, uh, talking about his time on the show and what was involved in that final scene and some musings on playing this double agent over the course of two seasons and obviously we talked about the medieval times picture because that was hilarious that was fantastic so that's going to be the podcast today just a quick interview with one of the guys who has been a part of this show for a little while i thought he brought some really great insight into what it's like to be part of the mr robot family and to work under the direction of sam esmail uh and uh maybe uh maybe a little bit of a, a surprise twilight connection or two in here as well uh you'll get there you'll you'll understand what that means in just a few minutes um, beyond this one, we have a couple of other podcasts that are planned for the finale, uh, beyond this Santiago cast and beyond the conversation that we're going to have with Antonio in just a couple of days. So keep your eye on the feed. Don't want to tell you exactly what's coming up just in case something falls through, but we've got some fun ideas that are hopefully going to play out. So keep it locked in. Postshowrecaps.com slash robot is the way to subscribe. Your ratings, your reviews, all of that. Greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, before we turn the conversation over to uh, to Omar, let's just talk about a couple of things very, very quickly. Um, we've got a season four of Mr. Robot officially renewed at this point. This news came just a couple of hours before the season three finale hit, uh, which is exciting. Uh, Antonio and I have talked about how viewership has been down this season of Mr. Robot, and like the quiet panic that I have been feeling is... I don't know. Is it possible that we won't get more than season three? But USA, I think, has a lot of confidence in the show, as they should. It's an incredible series, and the people who have found it and who have stayed with it, I think, would all agree that season three, um, for, for my money at least, I think season three was the best season of the show. But at the very least, it's as uh, high quality as the show has ever been. So really exciting that season four is going to be a thing. I have an interview with creator Sam Esmail currently up at THR, THR.com. 
com slash robot to find that, uh, where he talks a little bit about what he has planned for the future. It sounds like uh, a little bit of a narrowing of focus in the aftermath of Elliot undoing the 5-9 hack, or beginning the process, at least, of undoing the 5-9 hack. And I think the post credit scene of Season 3 gives you a real strong indication of where we are going uh, in Season 4, or at least like a kind of a, a contraction of the uh, of the stakes of the show. Uh, we saw Fernando Vera is back in the mix, which is terrifying. Uh, the savage traveler, the brave traveler, is on his way to hug Elliot and our faces in Season 4. Uh, and it sounds like he's going to factor into things pretty heavily. So a really fun conversation with Sam Esmail up on THR that you guys should check out. Uh, also up on THR right now as you are listening to this is one last round of my weekly column with, wait for it, take a drink, Cora Adana, writer-producer Cora Adana, who I've been speaking with all season long up on THR and who joined us a few episodes ago uh, to talk on this very podcast about the work that he has provided to Mr. Robot this, seri- uh, this season. Um, and sadly... It's the last column. It's the last column that I'm going to have with Corridana about Mr. Robot anyway. Uh, as very unfortunately for us as Mr. Robot fans, though, I think pretty happily for, for Core in terms of his future endeavors. Uh, season three was Core's final season with Mr. Robot, he revealed in the column this week. He is going to be leaving the show to pursue some new TV projects of his own, which is a really exciting prospect for a guy who co-wrote one of the craziest episodes of the series, let alone the season, uh, of course, talking about the Wonner, uh, episode five of season three, where everything was presented in one take. So I'm down to see a show uh, that is uh, masterminded by the guy who who brought us that episode, or at least if he's not bringing out a show of his own, wherever he's landing, I'm really excited to see where he lands next. Um, and hopefully we're going to get Core on the podcast. That I will say. We're, we're trying to work that out. One final conversation with Core in the next few days to get some further insight into season three, now that season three is fully in the books. But for for now, his his final column, I think it's a great one where he's talking a lot about the story turns from this season finale of Elliot undoing the hack and Elliot beginning the journey of reconciliation with Mr. Robot and the return of Vera and Philip Price's big reveal to Angela. Uh, I feel I feel like uh, Antonio and I should feel pretty good about that, as should all of you guys who kind of saw coming that maybe Philip Price was going to be revealed as Angela's father. A little bit of Empire Strikes Back for you in your Mr. Robot finale. All of that good stuff is in that final column column with core and of course we'll dig into all of that with him when we get him on the podcast and antonio and i will talk about all of that great stuff when we get together to talk about this finale as well but for now let's get into the matter at hand let's bring in the guest of the hour to talk about one of the craziest scenes of the finale and just his time on the show overall this is the conversation i had with omar metwali earlier today Okay, I can take no credit for this introduction, but as I was trying to come up with one, there was really nothing that I could come up with that was better than what I found today on the Mr. Robot subreddit posted by Irish Neil, who wrote, Elliot hacks computers, White Rose hacks time, and Irving hacks Santiago. Here he is, the latest <laughs> Mr. You, Robot guest star to get the axe, Omar Metwali, also known as Santiago. Omar, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, and thank you to Irish Neil for that, that introduction. It's pretty spectacular. I mean, that yeah. should be on a T-shirt somewhere. It should, yeah. It, it, was, uh, it was quite a way to go. Are you, are you a, uh, a Mr. Robot subreddit lurker by any chance? I'm not, unfortunately. I am a huge fan of the show, but I, I'm not a subreddit lurker. Uh, I, I called That's you... A- I think I called you Agent Santiago. I feel like I should be uh, addressing you as Your Majesty, uh, given that we that we learned that Santiago is royalty uh, on his way out the door. What a shock! Yeah, he loves. It's that's really the the surprise of the episode. I think um, that Santiago loves medieval times. Yeah, who knew <laughs> that was the big twist? Is there there has to be a story behind that? Was there was that? Is this like a is this a stock photo from your past? Are you a big medieval times guy? I wish it were. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, no. That was in the script, and it was just. I mean, I remember at the table read, just the room burst out laughing when we got to that the description of the photos in Santiago's apartment because, you know, very specifically. Sam had written, like, there's a photo of him at medieval times. And so, so we had a whole, actually, 
photo shoot day where we took all these photos of Santiago with his family. But that was the one we really focused on. How was is, how is that photo shoot? That must have been absolutely incredible. Just like imagining what Santiago must have been like on that day where he was uh, where he was posing for Medieval Times pictures. I just I would never imagine that somebody who was at least partly responsible for the deaths of thousands and thousands of people to be a big Medieval Times guy. I think that was his last moment of true happiness, actually. I mean, that, that, that smile on his face, it, it makes me think it was before, before he had been uh, blackmailed into becoming a mole. Yeah, so that was like, you know, yeah. he, he was like ripping into the roast chicken with his hands. He was rooting, oh, for, yeah. rooting for the blue oh, yeah. night, I assume. Of course, sure. Yeah, he had a, a leg of mutton. He was good to go. <laughs> so how are you doing, Omar? We're talking the, the morning after the Mr. Robot season three finale, uh, the death of Santiago, unfortunately for, for you. How are you coping yes. with everything? This has been a while for you. I'm sure you shot this a while ago. Yeah, I've known about it for a while, but uh, it's, it still was a sad, made me sad to watch because, you know, I, it was so such a great thing to be a part of this show and, and uh, I had so much fun working on it. So there was, it was bittersweet, you know, it's an incredible, it was an incredible scene and an incredible exit. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's sad to see, see it end. What was your, your reaction when you learned about the fact that Santiago wasn't going to make it out of the season alive? Did that kind of jive with where you thought that the character was going ultimately? Certainly, you know, like once your, your character is submerged in, uh, in the dark army the way that he is, like there has to be a feeling to some extent that there's an expiration date. Definitely, definitely. And I, you know, by the end of season two, I had a good sense of, of where this was headed. Uh, you know, I didn't know how beautifully and intricately Sam would, would develop the plot, of course. I didn't, I didn't know every twist and turn, but I had a sense that his days were probably numbered. Uh, and my hope was that it was, you know, going to play out in a way that was suspenseful, interesting for the audience. Uh, and I think, I think that was the case. Yeah, when you when you started to kind of like imagine what an exit for Santiago could look like, I'm sure your head is going to like a thousand different possible places. But was getting axed to death by Bobby Cannavale was that even on the list? It was not. I, I have to be honest. Uh, no, that was not a possibility I had considered. Uh, and then you know, and then it, it's such a in such brutality too you know but i think i think the scene was really effective and i think you really understand the position that dom is now in you know and um it had to be that brutal in order for us to believe that someone with her sort of upstanding moral code would be convinced to do this yeah and uh, and also you know and it also has the effect of giving the audience i think a glimmer of understanding for Santiago as well and for, for, um, why he's been behaving the way he has been. Yeah. I, I mean, we've already thrown to, to Reddit once already in this, uh, in this podcast, I think it's uh, appropriate to turn to them again that I was just, you know, as, as you do sometimes, if you're big into this show, the Mr. Robot subreddit's a really fun place to go. And there's obviously sure. a, a lot of takes on the finale right now. Um, and right. one of the, one of the takes that's on the front page is, uh, the subject line is a new perspective on Santiago. And this was posted 11 hours ago as of this recording, uh, by a user <laughs> named Grungebot. Bob. Uh, and, okay. and Grunge Bob had written this, Santiago may have been annoying, complicit, and a traitor, but it's pretty apparent that Santiago is being leveraged for his family, just like Dom DiPiero is going to be leveraged now. And that's why in repeated episodes, you see Santiago on the phone with his mother and telling her to stay indoors, maybe at a hideout exactly. and not step in exactly. public. Um, so it concludes that while what he did was obviously wrong, he's certainly not as evil as was thought. And I think that like in in the in the last few episodes, we've been sort of driving in that direction of like the introduction yeah. of the idea of Santiago's mother has been brought into the mix a little bit more. Um, and, you know, there is this feeling of like, what is his motivation? Is he really complicit in this? Is he like really team dark army or has he been like dragged into some dark vortex that he can't he can't pull himself out of? And right. In, I in, think it's the in latter. Exit, it feels yeah. like it's the latter. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, and that's another sort of um great thing about the show is that you know to introduce a character 
to to convince the audience that this character is a certain way and then and then to to kind of flip the script you know and i think sam does that beautifully and has done it before and will do it again i'm sure on this show yeah what was your thinking in terms of you know when you signed on for mr robot when you started playing this character back in season two did you have any idea of this direction for santiago like when did you start to to put together that he was going to be working with the dark army which is only revealed in season three but some fans were certainly suspecting it as early as season two yeah i think honestly i had a very different um idea when I imagined what his trajectory might be through the series, it was very different from, from where it ended up. And, uh, I thought initially that he might be an ally to Dom, um, and someone who was really, really on her side. And, uh, it wasn't really until the, near the end of season two that I started to understand, you know, because of all his obstructionism and, and just what was happening in the scripts that, that, um, that it was really the opposite. And so, um, but it was fun, you know, that I think that that added an interesting element into the relationship between Don and Santiago. Um, one, uh, added a sort of tension between, you know, a guy who, who wants to, help her and, and, and wants to, and actually likes her, but who is forced, uh, to behave, you know, as a mole right. for the dark army. So, um, so it really was the end of season two, I think that I, that I saw w- which way things were headed. So for, for you, when you start getting scripts for season three and there's that episode, uh, it's, I believe it's episode three is the big Terrell episode where the mm-hmm. viewer gets it confirmed for sure that Santiago is dark army, that he is, he is working against Dom's best interests and he shoots the police officer in order to, right. to free Terrell. Was that the, the moment in reading the script where now it's confirmed for you that Santiago is dark army or do you know that information in conversations with with Sam Esmail beforehand, like how did it, how did it get confirmed for you that this I'm, I'm trying to remember? I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember. I no, I you know Sam and I had spoken on the phone before before we got to the table reads of the scripts, um, and so in you know in the weeks leading up to the the start of of work on season three, we we had spoken on the phone and he had sort of given me a rundown of of what Santiago's arc was going to be for the season. So I, you know, fortunately I was spared the surprise, like in, you know, in the room in front of the, the, the cast. So I, I knew, I knew going into the, the read throughs that, uh, what was going to happen, but I didn't, you know, it was still really fun to, to see exactly how it was going to play out. And then when you, when you find out, like, do you find out that information in the same hand that you find out the information of, like, why he's working with the Dark Army? Like, the backstory of his mother, like, that being his motivation? Or is that something yeah. that's revealed to you along the way? No, it's, you know, what's great about this show and kind of unique about it, uh, or not unique, but certainly rare, is that, you know, be- before they start production, all the scripts are are written. Um, and so when we do the table reads, you know, we read through the entire season pretty much. So that's nice as an actor because you get to see and understand your character's arc and story from beginning to end. Um, you know, often in television, you're sort of waiting for the next script to know, well, what do I do next? You know? And so, when you have, when you, when you know the whole story, it allows you to, to craft things very specifically, you know, and, and set up a moment here that tips to another moment down the road and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's, um, that's one of the nice things about Mr. Robot. 
Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting. I, I remember uh, for uh, THR earlier in the season talking to Martin Wallstrom about the process uh-huh. of, of filming episode three and how he was talking about how a lot of that was filmed at the end of production. Uh, you know, first of all, because he had to grow that ferocious beard uh, right. that, that he has in that episode. Um, and now it makes a lot of sense where um, so much of this finale takes place on that compound where, right. where Terrell is on lockdown uh, during his time away in the aftermath of the five, nine hack. Uh, so that, that makes sense. That's really interesting. just in terms of the way that the show is made, that the scripts are all together, but things are shot out of sequence. So of course you would, you would get the, the full scope of your season arc at the very least, if not, you know, your series arc necessarily, but your season arc, you should know exactly. that basically when you're, you're filming just about anything on, on uh, a given season of the show. Exactly. And, and you know, the, Sam, because Sam directs all the episode, episodes, they, they block shoot, uh, you know, all 10 at once. Um, so, right. So you're hopping around, you know, one day you might be in episode three, the next day you might be in episode nine. So it's important to have, as you say, it's important to have at least an idea of what, what, ha- what's happens to my character this season. So you, you know, uh, so you know what's going on. So once you know what's going on with Santiago and you're getting the full picture, like what are you, what are you imagining for him? Like, do you imagine that there is, there was a moment in time where Irving came to Santiago and did something similar to what he did to Dom in this episode of just like some sort of brutal act of irrefutable, you need to work for me. Uh, and that's really what clicks him in. Like in your mind, is Santiago a pretty straight shooter up until he's kind of forced into working with the dark army. I think so. Yeah, I do think so. I think he, um, I think that's right. And I, I think, I do think it was likely Irving who, um, who did the deal with him, uh, mainly because, you know, they have such a strained relationship and it's so clear that, that, Santiago does not like Irving and vice versa. Yeah, apparently. Uh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it really does not care for Santiago. <laughs> <laughs> that is an understatement. So, um, yeah, I, I do imagine, you know, I wonder if it was necessarily as gruesome as what Dom was forced to witness. I, right. I, I think that Santiago is um, probably even before he became a mole, somewhat less principled than, than Dom. Um, and, and not as, um, not as strong as she is. And so I think, um, it may not have taken quite as much to convince him, but I'm sure there was something, um, quite, quite grim that he witnessed. Yeah. You know, to to, to force him into this position and to keep him there, you know, and, you know. I think it'd be hard to imagine somebody who's, like, as as, you know, driven as Dom is towards like, you know, really unearthing the, the conspiracy here and like, you know, yeah. being the one who's constantly throwing out White Rose's name and like really wanting to get to the bottom of it. So like, it, it's exactly. hard to imagine anyone like being at that level. So in order to convince a character like that, you know, to do it under these brutal circumstances, like that feels like a step you need to take in order to convince a character like that. But your, your thinking is maybe Santiago just needs the threat, like maybe the, like the threat of like, like I know your mother's name. I know this. I know that might be enough. Right. It might have been, and and you know I think that would probably be enough for most of us. Um, you know, but who knows? I mean, maybe we'll see something down the road. Who knows? You know. Um, but it's an, it's interesting to think about. You know, how did what did they do to Santiago to get him on board and, and to stay on board? Yeah. Well, I mean, Mr. Robot does flashbacks all the there time. Flashbacks. Dead yeah, people showing up left and right. You know, we saw Gideon <laughs> Goddard a couple episodes ago. So you, exactly. you'd be up for exactly. it, right? Like you would come back. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
love to. Were you were you a fan of the of the show before you started out? Like when once Mr. Robot kind of like burst into the scene, I think it did take like a few people, you know, not a few people, but I think it did take like some time for it to to catch fire. But like towards the end of that first season, I certainly remember like hearing Mr. Robot's the show of the summer. You got to be watching yeah. Mr. Robot, and then I caught on. And I was like, okay, yeah, so I'm in all the way. I'm in the tank for yeah. this show. What was it that's like for exactly. You? That's exactly when I got on board, uh, was near the end of the first season. I'd, I'd heard, you know, after like the fifth person in my life said, Hey, you got to watch the show. I said, okay, okay. And so I did. And I, I really loved it. I mean, I, I thought it was, Sam was doing something, um, and exploring themes and ideas, both personal and global, you know, um, that I'm like, why aren't more shows trying to deal with the world in the way that he is? And so I was a big fan of the show. Um, and so when this role came along, I, you know, I was really thrilled. So just because you're, you're off the show doesn't mean you're going to stop thinking about it and stop watching and doing (laughs) your own own theorizing. Do you have any fun theories, any hot takes on where you think Mr. Robot is going? Like, do you have a pet theory that hasn't been confirmed for you where you're just, you're like, I don't know, does Angela have a Miss Robot or something like that, that you've got a, a pet theory in your mind? I don't, I really don't know. You know, I think I've learned from, from working on this show that, um, that Sam is usually a, a couple steps ahead of me, certainly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's the things I thought were going to happen or might happen have ended up being totally, totally wrong. So I, at this point I've learned to just sort of sit back and enjoy the ride, I think. Um, and, and see, you know, I'm so curious. I'm as curious as, as anyone to see, um, where he wants to take this story, you know, especially now with, with Elliot reversing the hack. Yeah, I that's just, a crazy development. You know, yeah, it really is. It's like, wh- what, you know, where are we going? So to, to go back to, to the day that Santiago uh, gets that fateful axe to the chest and then yeah. multiple <laughs> other axe wounds that take him off of the planet. First of all, it just occurred to me that, like, I can imagine, like, the flashback scene where we go and see Santiago at medieval times and he is watching the Red Knight versus the Blue Knight and the Red Knight just take an axe to the Blue Knight. Uh, just because we know, we know how this no, show loves Santiago. That's a great idea, right? Yeah, call up yeah. Mr. S. Mail, get him on the line. I uh, make that pitch. I will, I will make that pitch. Yes, please pass it yeah. along. Uh, but in terms of that day, was that your last day of shooting, or given the way that this show is shot, did you have another Santiago scene after? No, it wasn't my last day of shooting, but it was. It was near the. It was near the end. It was the last within the last handful of days. What was the last thing you shot? Uh, oh. I don't know if I can even remember. It's all, uh, it's all blur. It might have been, yeah, kind of. It kind of because we were up on that farmhouse, you know, for three or four days, and I don't, I don't remember what what we shot last. But I do know that the, the that the actual the murder was was not the very last thing I shot. Um, yeah, but that was it was a, that was a fun day, you know. And during that that sort of three or four days that we were on the farm. Also the, the, the total eclipse was happening and there was, there was a lot, there was a lot going on. Oh, uh, wow. It was that day. That's, yeah. that's fairly cosmic. That's kind of terrifying. To, yeah. A terrifying yeah. day to pretend to be getting murdered with an ax is, uh, yeah, it, was, it was that day or the day after, I can't remember, but it was, you know, while we were, it was definitely while we were on the farm. Um, but it was a very, it was a really memorable day. And, you know, it's fun to shoot scenes like that. It's, it's, um, there are a lot of elements that go into making it work. And so, uh, you know, there's a, there's a kind of challenge to it and, and, and an adrenaline to it. That's, that's really fun. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the, the process involved in, in getting that right? Can't imagine that any actual axes were used in the, uh, in the making of cutting you down, but correct me if I'm wrong, please feel free to, no, no, I was not struck with an actual ax fortunately, but, uh, um, but you know, I mean, there's so, 
it's just an it's an incredible collection of of artists and craftsmen coming together you know you have you have uh special effects guys figuring out their side of it you know the props coming in you know when the the real axe is switched out with the with the other the axe that was used to strike me and uh you know then that of course bobby uh just did an incredible job um and had to sort of you know hit this very specific place uh on me so it's it it's it's cool because it's there are so many people working together to make it work and to really sell the the moment so the the next thing we know is is Santiago is struck. He's on the ground. The whole scene is being set up like you think that that Dom is going to be the one to go. And frankly, even before that, I do think it's a it's a pretty amazing moment where Santiago is like trying to like fight on her behalf a little bit. Yeah, because I love that. I yeah, love he's that in the thing. audience's perspective yeah. too, where he's like, "Oh, don't don't axe Dom. This is graphic. This is terrible." Exactly. And it's an interesting little reversal there that, you know, suddenly, suddenly that this character that is, is pretty, been pretty tough to like is suddenly, you know, really trying to lobby uh, on Dom's behalf. And as you say, the audience is suddenly in his kind of POV going like, okay, 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 okay hold on. Like, this is a little bit too much. Let's just, let's figure something out here. And you know, in, but it's in your mind, like, fight. What does that come down to? Is that because, like, is there, like, something that's, like, fundamentally about Santiago? He doesn't want to see that level of violence enacted upon somebody. Is it something about, like, how he values Dom? Does he, like, really believe that she would be helpful to the Dark Army's cause? Maybe he feels like he could get an ally in this? Maybe. Yeah, that's, I think, I think several, or if not all of those things are in play. I think that, I think it has to do, for me, it had to do with, his relationship with Dom and that even though she had become really a a major thorn in his side and, um, you know, was on the verge of exposing him and, and bringing down all kinds of, of, um, hell upon him onto his head. But I think he, you know, I think what I imagined was that he, was Dom superior and had worked with Dom before, uh, before he was forced to become a mole for the dark army. And so that there was at least a seed of a, at one point of an actual working relationship between them and a, a sort of respect that he had for her as an agent and as a person. And I think, you know, all of that got kind of, blurred and and forced to the side as his situation became less and less tenable. But, um, and I think in that last moment, we see that, we see that seed of like, you know, she's been a pain in my ass, but she doesn't deserve an ax to the, to the chest. I guess I do, (laughs) But, um, but you know, so I think that's where that comes from is, is maybe the, that that initial grain of respect and uh, that he had for her. So that leads me to, to what I was going to ask before. So there is that moment where he's struck with the axe, he's on the ground, you've got blood gurgling out of your mouth. So there's like, there's technical things that you need to be tracking. Of course, you have to be, you know, making sure that you're looking sufficiently dead. Uh, there's, yes. a, there's a lot of people that are involved in selling that, I'm sure. Uh, but there's also, you have to, you have to sell that in terms of kind of acting out the death of this character. But I imagine yeah. you also must have something that's on your mind as the character. Like what is the process of what was the process of, of dying as Santiago for you? Like, what do you remember about kind of just like pouring yourself into those final moments for this guy? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, I think in a way, you know, you're aware of it as an actor, but as the character, you know, Santiago has no idea that that's coming his way. So, and then once, once he's struck, then I think it's really becomes the animal, the human animal trying to understand on some level what's just happened to him. Right. Trying, trying to survive if, if that's possible, you know, but I mean, uh, so I think that 
the key is to really stay moment to moment as with any, as with anything, um, when it comes to acting and to, you know, really forget what Omar knows and, and really live in what Santiago knows, which is ow, that, yeah. <laughs> that sucked. What is happening? Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's really the shock, the total shock and surprise of it, you know, which I, which I hope came across in that Definitely. moment. Yeah, no, it's tough. Yeah. Cause like, you know, this, this is a character who like we've been rooting against for a while now. Cause he keeps just mm-hmm. like, you know, barricading Dom at every, mm-hmm. at every go and, and coming out of the penultimate, you know, you're like, is this guy going to kill Darlene? Cause if this guy's going to kill Darlene, I am, I myself am going on a vengeance quest. Like I'm, Oh, gonna... I think, yeah, that, that could, <laughs> That I don't think the audience would have stood for that. Not at uh, all. So, but but then no. to, to get to that moment where like you do see this guy laid out on the ground, and the way that you were playing it was kind of there is like this uh, you know this sort of bewilderment to to your eyes of like sort of this yeah. almost like this like glazed over look of what uh, and yeah. it's just like yeah. hard not to feel like really like, a little something for yeah, him, right? and, and just icked yeah. out, <laughs> just to like, feel a little grossed out by it as well. Uh, oh, it's, it was, it's graphic and gruesome, but I think, you know, I think Sam had earned that. And I think, and I think it was necessary that the, the grotesque nature of his exit was necessary for, for the audience to understand, really understand the position that Dom is now in. Yeah. Um, so it was, it's gross for sure, but I think it was, I think it was deserved. What's going to happen to Santiago's mom? Is she in trouble? Oh, the big mystery. Maybe that will be resolved in season four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe, you know, maybe Dom can go and pay her a visit, you know? And, uh, right. Who knows? Maybe she, I, I have no idea. Yeah. Did but, you? Uh, <laughs> hopefully you know uh hopefully she's okay i guess that would be like that's the real test to i mean frankly just like kind of like gaming that out a little bit like if there was a scene or some sort of like you hear about like something happened to this other woman just like some sort of unrelated fatal incident like really lets you know the stakes of like what happens if you fail the dark army uh like i don't i I don't know if the show has time to stop down on something like that but that would that would really really sell uh what's at stake for dom so yeah i don't know exactly could keep her in line you know something something like that what, what what was involved in um in the uh, the parking garage scene uh, where where you are uh, clocking Dom DiPiero? Oh, I loved that scene. Yeah, that, that, that's great. That, that was a and I and I loved the way that scene turned out. I thought I, I thought it was edited beautifully and and uh, you know it was it was swelteringly hot the day we shot that scene. So in between, you know, they had these like giant fans blowing through there and. Uh, we were, you know, we're mopping up sweat off of our brows in between takes, but, but, um, you know, it's, I had been waiting for, for a scene where, for that scene where we're finally, there's no more, there are no other roadblocks he can throw up. You know, he ha it's just the cars are all out on the table now and he has to, he has no good moves left. You know, apparently he has one. He's a pretty good yeah. puncher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can throw a punch exactly. But uh, but even that's not a great move because there you know there are cameras in that garage and he has to figure out now how to deal with the aftermath of that. Even if he had survived right. the farmhouse, you know. So um, you know that. So that scene was and that scene was was it was sort of satisfying to, to finally get to the point where it's like, okay, it's not about like sending her on some other wild goose chase or, or just saying no to her. It's about, uh, you know, it's come to this. Yeah. It's come, it's come to a cold cock. Yeah. The bubble, the bubbles burst, you know, like there's, you know, the walls down and there's just, like you said, no move left, uh, except for Mm -hmm. the one. Uh, and it's, yeah, it plays, it plays out really, really well. And it's, it's shocking too. Like, I think that, that a part of why it's shocking is I think that as a, as a viewer and like, because we're so invested in, in Dom's story, uh, and that's a character who like we, we know is like highly capable and has survived some really grisly incidents. Like she survives, um, you know, the, the gunfight in China, she survives the, 
the shootout that kills Cisco. Uh, that and for me, watching that in that moment, I kind of thought that this was like the moment where where Dom throws the proverbial punch first uh where yeah. like she's down in the in the parking garage and like as santiago is moving closer like i'm waiting for her to like you know take out the gun and train it on him and like that's going to be the end and for him to get the drop on her i think is a real subversion of what we've come to expect yeah. from agent di piero exactly yeah it's a nice surprise it's a it was a surprising moment i think when when it happens. Um, what was it like working with Grace Gummer uh, throughout the, the time that you had on Robot? I think the person that you worked with the most, by far, I would guess, uh, in terms oh, of yeah. scene partners. Oh, yeah, like 80%. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I couldn't have loved it more. Uh, Grace is a wonderful actor, incredible actor, and, uh, and a really great person. And we had a lot of fun. Um, you know, a lot of our, our uh, scenes throughout the series are what we call oneers. So just, you know, one shot of the two of us, um, playing, playing out the whole scene. So that's a fun way to shoot, you know, and because it, it kind of feels like you're in a, a mini play, Yeah, you know? Um, and, and you get to actually play out the whole scene together and create an energy together that's communicated through the camera. And so, um, and we had quite a few scenes like shot that way. So we had a lot of fun, um, you know, just parsing out the, the, the details, parsing out like who knows what, when, where, where are the moments of suspicion? Where are the moments of, of, um, doubt, you know, all of that. When, uh, like, in the time when, like, before it was confirmed to even you as an actor that the character you were playing was this double agent, would would you and Grace, like, ever theorize about, like, where this was going? Would you ever be like, I got a hunch. Like, I kind of feel like there's something shady happening here. Yeah. I, we did. We would chat about it a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, it's... it's it, it's fun. It's interesting because you, you kind of what her character knows and what my character knows are, are so different. Right. So, so we, you know, you want to talk, but you don't want to be careful not to say too much to each other because, uh, because you want to kind of maintain the, that bubble that your character is in also, you know, but, um, yeah. So, Totally. What do you think in terms of, uh, you know, you, you were in the hot seat for a long time as Santiago working for the Dark Army. You know what that pressure is all about. How is Agent DDP going to handle the pressure? How is Dom going to do in the hot seat? You know, I think she's I, – I, I bet um, knowing Dom, um, she's, she's pretty resilient. And um, I have a feeling it's going to be very interesting to watch her character try to find a way out of this situation. Um, um, yeah, no, it's, you know? it's, it's hard to imagine because the dark army is so powerful yeah. uh, that like, you know, even as, as strong and, and dedicated as she is, like just trying to wrap your head around like, that's a you know a powerful persuasive threat that Irving levels her way. Like, how do you oh, get out from under that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, well um, won't it be fun to find out? Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Yeah. Can't wait. Um, just kind of wrapping up, and in terms of, um, you know, what happened to, to Santiago, and, you know, hopefully there is, uh, there's room to bring you back in some kind of um, flashback sequence or something like that. Yeah, but that in, ter- nice. in terms of, like, kind of, like, is there anything that you that you wish that you could have done uh, on the show? Like, any moments that, or, like, any hopes that you had had for the character? Like, for instance, do you regret that you never got to play out the long-held fan theory that Santiago and Elliot are secretly Egyptian vampires and this <laughs> this whole this whole thing is just some sort of elaborate Twilight crossover? I, I, I mean, that's, that is hilarious. I, I, yeah, of course, Rami and I 
worked together on that uh, movie years ago. On Twilight, yes. I and I didn't yeah. I did not know this until I started doing some research to to talk to you today that yeah. you that you and Rami were part of the Egyptian coven in what Indeed. is it? Is, is it is it Breaking Dawn? Were you in there earlier than that? You'll have to forgive me. No, my Twilight Breaking Dawn know part, how is part limited. two. Part two. Uh, <laughs> right, fair part enough. Two. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, and, and actually. You know, we were in the same coven, yeah. So, so we spend a lot of time together on that shoot, and and uh, I mean, Rami is just just the coolest guy, and and, and we had um, we had a lot of fun in Louisiana making that movie, and uh, so yeah, it's a funny it's a funny little quirk of fate that you know uh, we were both on Mr. Robot and. But unfortunately, I, Santiago and Elliot never, never actually had a scene pads. together until, you know, until that very last scene in the barn before he goes out to get the axe. Um, but that might you know, be our like that could be our lifeline here, right? Like we can, yeah, we can, yeah. We let's can see, what the, like let's see a, what the subreddit community can do with that one. You know, know. it's like I, I'm not sure I can figure it out, but <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel like I don't know how the vampires in Twilight work. I know that they sparkle in the sunlight, so they can go outside. Is like an axe to the chest? Is that going to be enough to take down a vampire? I think not. I so, think not. So know, vampire uh, Santiago, it's a thing. He may return. Yes, <laughs> but how about in terms of like actual stuff <laughs> that would actually happen on Mister Robot? Is there anything that you that you didn't get to do? Any sort of um, any sort of direction for the character that you really would have wanted to see? So, like, if for example, Santiago somehow doesn't survive here, maybe his pitch to to get uh, Dom working with him and Irving is comfortable with that to some degree. Like, where would you have wanted to see the character go and the story go? Oh yeah, you, you mean assuming that he hadn't he hadn't been killed? I feel like it's a big uh, assumption. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seems pretty determined. <laughs> um, God, I don't know. You know, it's funny because you don't. I I I don't really think about that um, because once I know sort of what his fate is, you're you locked know, into that. Yeah, I sort of start to focus on that. I mean, I think I think early on, very early on, when the character was introduced. Um. There was this one tiny little scene we we shot in season two um, that didn't make it in to the to the episodes um, where where Santiago comes over to you know Dom sort of lost in thought at her computer and, and Santiago comes over and to give her a piece of information um, but and there's a moment before he delivers the information where where he he kind of chats with her briefly about life. And, and I, I thought, and I remember when we shot that scene, I was like, oh, what, if, what if Santiago kind of has some kind of feeling for Dom, you know, what if, yeah. what if, that's an interesting idea. Um, and so I, I think that was, that was one sort of thread that I, or possibility that I imagined that I think never got to, you know, never got to be realized, um, because obviously, because the story just went in a totally different direction. Do you um, do you have a, like a favorite memory from your time on the show, like something that that you got to do, or a scene of Santiago's, or just even like anything that you observed on set, like a moment with another actor, anything that like when you think back to your time on Mr. Robot, is there going to be like one thing that's really going to pop out to you? Uh, there'll probably be a couple. I think you know that scene working with with Bobby and Grace on that scene, that, that final scene with the ax, I, I, you know, the three of us, all, all three of us in such an intense place for our characters and, and working together. And that, that was really kind of a, a great day. Um, I also loved working with Martin on that scene where, where Santiago delivers the news to him. Uh, that his wife is dead. Yeah. Uh, Do you think that that yeah. like what's the because because Santiago is so mean about it and like yeah it's, it's quite cold. It's, it's hard cold to blooded. feel too bad for you know Tyrell given what he yeah, just like exactly. helped like engineer here, but at the same time like you're really giving him the business. What was that all about? I think I think it's about a, a, a little bit of misplaced. Um, well, not entirely misplaced. I, you know, I think I think Santiago is harbors a lot of anger and resentment towards Tyrell because he had to shoot a police officer. Yeah. To, 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 um, 
you know, to save Tyrell. Um, and I think he, I, I think he, that's not something he wanted to do, you know? And so Stressful, this guy, at least. yeah, at the very least. Yeah. yeah. And I think he probably feels some degree of guilt about that, yeah. you know? And so, and I think, and so he blames, and you know, when you, I think it's human nature when you're in a position that you don't want to be in and you feel powerless to lash out and, and rage at who, whoever's available to you, you know? And, and I think, the only guy in Santiago's world with who with less power than he has in that moment is Tyrell. And so, uh, you know, he's able to sort of vent his rage, uh, on the guy. Yeah. So, yeah. so your time on Mr. Robot is at an end. You're still on, on TV though. Uh, you're, you're on the affair. Tell me about the yeah, affair. Indeed. Tell me what's going on. I'm a lapsed affair viewer. So no spoilers. If you can avoid it. Uh, no worries. No worries. We're shooting. Yeah. We're currently shooting, uh, right now we're shooting season four. Okay. And, uh, and we're about halfway through the season and, and it's, uh, it's going great. And the scripts are, are really interesting and, and, um, you know, it's, uh, it should be good. It should so, be good. A lot, a lot going on. So for people who are, who are listening to this, cause they're Mr. Robot fans, but maybe they are not watching the affair. What are they getting into? Should they choose to, to follow you over to that series? Very different, uh, than, then, than yeah, Mr. Robot. It's, it's such a different world. It's a different universe, you know, but it's, uh, which is, which is one of the great things about work, you know, having a chance to work on both of these shows. It's like, it, it's like being on two different planets, you know, in terms of, um, the, the, I mean, stylistically, you know, content wise, thematically, all of that, there's just very different shows. But I think in, in one way they're similar, which is that, you know, both shows really deal with, um, as people, our relationships, to ourselves and to the different parts of ourselves. And I think that's something Mr. Robot and the affair both do really beautifully is, you know, try to get at that question. Like who are we to ourselves and, um, and how does that, our relationship to our different aspects of our personalities, how does that affect how we behave in the world and how we interact with others? So, um, but the, the affair has, a lot more sex scenes <laughs> and fewer axe murders <laughs> and fewer axe murders. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Omar, I appreciate you taking some time and, and talking to us here on the podcast and, uh, oh, fingers, yeah. are, fingers are, are firmly crossed for vampire Santiago. I think that that's yeah, let's, fun. Let's see. Let's see if we can make that happen. Yeah. yeah or, or at least uh, the blue night versus the red night sounds like a good time. At the very least. At the very yeah. least. All right, Omar, take care. Okay. Thanks, Josh. Right. Talking with you. All right. Yeah, bye. Take care. So there you go. That was Omar Matwali weighing in on his time on Mr. Robot and the sad exit of Santiago. Farewell, Santiago. May you return as Vampire Santiago. Not actually. I don't actually hope that's really a thing. That would be too far for Mr. Robot. But maybe he can exist in one of White Rose's alternate timelines. I don't know. I'm just triggering everybody right now, including myself. But very nice guy. Thank you so much to Omar for taking the time uh, to chat with us here on the podcast. Um, That's it for right now. But that is not it for good. We have plenty more Mr. Robot coverage coming your way in the days ahead. Uh, Antonio and I, we are going to get back together as soon as he is on the mend to give you our normal recap and deep dive into everything that happened in the finale. We're looking into locking down a time with Cora Donna, uh, the outgoing writer-producer of Mr. Robot, uh, to talk to him about everything that happened in the finale as well. And we're looking into like another surprise or two along the way that, again, I don't want to say, I don't want to jinx anything, might not happen hoping that it's going to happen either way if it does happen and for those other podcasts i mentioned you want to keep it locked in postshowrecaps.com slash robot is the way to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on any of these podcasts your reviews and ratings are greatly appreciated and also would be greatly appreciated if you hit up thr.com slash mr robot for all of my coverage of the show over there interviews with sam esmail and cora adana uh and a couple of other treats for you as well we'll be back soon with another podcast Until then, goodbye, friends.